If you're living the days in the life of an ag teacher, then you'll fit right in. I'm your host, Carly Erickson, and I'm here to remind you to do what you love and love what you do. As always, thanks for listening and welcome to class. Today we're going to be talking about careers in the ag industry. So how do we help prepare our students for the industry? What can we do to get them ready to be successful in their career paths? And one of my favorite classes in high school was leadership and communications. This was a second year ag class. Um, So by the time I was a freshman, I had gone through introduction to ag. And then my sophomore year, I was able to take um, a few other classes that were ag related and I chose leadership and communications. So in this class, I was able to learn how to write a resume And so I really had never had any experience with this before. So I was able to put all of my experiences together and lay them out in a way that made me really marketable for any job, honestly. Um, As a sophomore in high school, you know, you're, you just got your license, you're ready to get a job, start making some money for gas. And so I was able to write this resume in a way that made me marketable for a job. And I was able to use that going in to get my first job um, after I had got my license. So that was really exciting for me. And your students also may have never had any experience previously writing resumes. Um, I think the only other class that I remember writing resumes in was my English class. And we didn't spend a lot of time on it. Um, It was just kind of, here's the layout. Here's what you can do. um, Make a practice one. And that was about it. So in ag, we really went through the step-by-step process of how to create a really great resume. Also, we worked on elevator speeches. So we would get in partners and we would come up with something that we could say in 30 seconds or less even and really give somebody a good idea of who we are, um, what we do, and what our strengths are. And so we would get in pairs and go out in the shop and we would just say our elevator speeches back and forth to each other until we felt really comfortable. Another thing my ag teacher did that I thought was really great is she set up practice interviews for us. So get your faculty from your school, get your administration, get your some of your fellow peers as teachers and get them interested in helping you practice interview your students. This made a huge difference for me. I was very shy and didn't have a lot of confidence in my ability. And so for me to sit down with somebody from my school who I knew and do a practice run-through interview before I ever even had a real interview was awesome. I was able to feel really comfortable telling them um, about my resume and explaining my elevator speech first and all of these things. So I really got confident in how I was going to portray myself to other people. So when I did my practice interview, it was actually to our school counselor. And so what better person than your school counselor to feel comfortable with? You can tell them anything. Um, And we had a really great relationship starting off. So I was able to go into her, practice my interview, say, hi, I'm Carly Erickson, and I'm here to interview for blah, blah, blah position. And so it was really good for me to get to go through and say all these positive things about myself and then 
knowing that the next person that comes in after me is going to have to top what I just did. And so that class really set me up for success when I went out in the real world to get a job. I actually still to this day have never applied for a job and have not gotten it. I have gotten every single job I've applied for. So not tooting my own horn, but I'm pretty excited and I thank my ag teacher because I don't know if I would be this confident or have that kind of set up ready to go when I go into every interview that I've gone into. So that's been a really huge thing for me throughout the course of my life. And I that was my sophomore year of high school. And here I am a senior in college. So it's been something that I've been able to fall back on for a very long time and make simple modifications to my resume. And I think your students will notice that it's really helpful and beneficial for their future as well. One great thing that the ag industry offers for a lot of students is job shadowing. Um, There's a lot of opportunities within big business and small business agriculture, even within your, your small towns or in a bigger city. You have so many opportunities to job shadow. Um, I personally have not engaged in a job shadow, but I have participated in an internship. Um, This last year, I've been a part of AmeriCorps here at Iowa State University, and it's taught me a lot about my supervisor and what she endures on a daily basis and, and what her job is like. And that experience for me has shown me, you know, I can go into other avenues of this industry. I am agriculture education, but if I wanted, I could go into extension and outreach, which is what my current internship position is in. So having those different options there and things that your students may have not known about before, once they do that job shadow, they can see the different avenues that they could take for their future careers. Another thing that I found to be really helpful after I had completed so many career readiness opportunities is that now I have the ability to say that I have a leadership background. And we see this a ton in FFA and our our ag students are really able to go into jobs saying that they have leadership skills and that they've been able to work collaboratively in a group setting to make goals a reality. And so for me, as an FFA member, I was a part of different committees and I was a part of different groups. And so we were able to come to an agreement on things. And that was something that I had in my toolbox now. So when I go to interview, I can say, I have this leadership experience with my FFA chapter Um, Even though I was never an officer, I was still actively involved and participated in um, group work and able to make decisions that overall affected our chapter's success. This led me into getting many different management positions um, while I was in high school just because I had that experience. In FFA, there's so many organized projects And it's important to keep accurate records for those projects. Um, Our SAE experiences are one of those. And so we have to enter all of our data online. And when we go to proficiency awards, we have that data 
accurately represented. And then we have to be able to speak on our projects and and why our money went here and why our money went there and why we made the management decisions that we made. Going forward in a career, that's really beneficial because now they've got a project that was theirs and they were able to keep all the records from that project going forward. And it could be in any category. So those students can pick and choose whatever it is that they're interested in. And then that might carry over really well into their job. So if they pick a career that is really related to their SAE, that can be something that they bring to the table during an interview and say, hey, look at all this that I have from my supervised agriculture experience that I did all on my own. I was able to manage my project. I was able to keep accurate records and I was able to defend all the things that I did. Whether it was good or bad, I was able to defend why I did what I did. And there's nothing that an interviewer loves more than someone who's confident in their ability to own up to either their mistakes or their achievements. And so being able to explain all of those accomplishments that they have is really a great asset for an interview. You know what time it is. It's time for the Ag Career of the Day. Today's career falls under agricultural engineering as an irrigation engineer. According to North Carolina State University, irrigation engineers strive to find the most efficient and sustainable ways to bring water to a source, such as a farm field. The national salary as of 2016 was $101,320 annually. This career requires at least a bachelor's degree, and many require a master's degree or higher. And that's the Ag Career of the Day. Other kids might be able to say that they have previous shop experience. So if you have some students who are really interested in careers in the mechanics industry or um, agricultural engineering, those kinds of things, they might get to say that they have previous shop experience. I know we had a shop in our um, FFA and ag classroom in high school, and I took an ag mechanics course three out of the four years of high school. So I was able to say I have this previous shop experience, um, and now here in college, I've gone through shop classes and I've already done most of these things. So it's been really beneficial for me to know already certain pathways that, you know, some ag kids are going to do this and some ag kids are going to do this. Well, I've been well-rounded in all of those things. So for your students to say they have so many years of shop experience before they even graduate high school is really great. Other kids grow up on farms and they so they might have experience with livestock they might have experience with row crop farming um, and agronomy and those kinds of things so those students are sort of a different category because they grew up with those kinds of things and you're just there to basically facilitate their learning and help them grow with the experiences that they're already getting at home I wasn't one of those students that lived on a farm. I just grew up on an acre outside of town, and my family had no agricultural background. Um, We were far removed, and so for me, it was all a learning experience. I'm still learning 
all of the backgrounds of livestock and uh, row crop farming and agronomy, those really aren't my strong suits, but those are things that I'm working on. But for your students who have grown up with those experiences, they are going to have an advantage when it comes to getting a job in those industries. So if some one of your students wants to get involved in uh, livestock production and how we can maintain our sustainable food, then they're going to have a really big advantage over other kids because they grew up with livestock and growing and developing their livestock and you were there as their facilitator to help them keep their accurate records and make appropriate management decisions. And so they really have had that experience of kind of a, a manager and how they can continue to grow and develop their business. And so we see this a lot too also with students who have experience growing things in the greenhouse. And so some of the high school classrooms will have greenhouses on hand. And I've seen kids completely take over this project. They will just grow and grow and grow and they want to fix if there's a problem. And by all means, because again, like I said, agronomy is not my strong suit. I, I still struggle with, um, greenhouse plants and keeping things alive. So if I can have a student who can come in and say, hey, I'm really good at this. I can help you. I'm like, good thing, because I'm not sure if I can do it by myself. So but having those experiences all throughout high school, if your student is really engaged in the greenhouse activities, they can come in freshman year and work all the way through their senior year. And by the time they're graduated, they can have a they could have their own greenhouse business. So that could be really life-changing for them and their families. No matter what your student is engaged in, doesn't matter what it is agriculture-related, um, set them up for success. And we have the ability to do that in our classrooms. We have the resources. Um, if your school is lucky enough to have a greenhouse or lucky enough to have an ag mechanic shop, or lucky enough to have maybe livestock even. That is something that your students are going to gain so much experience from, and it's going to set them above the rest when they're going to get a job in the industry. And our industry is fantastic at recognizing our students are really career ready. Whether they want to be career ready or not, if they want to go back to school, and pursue college by all means. But if they wanted to, when they leave high school, they really are ag career ready. We have set them up for success. They have been committed leaders for four years. They've been business managers. They've been project organizers. They've been so many things that other kids can't say that they've been throughout their high school career. And we've set them up for careers that are producing new technologies and new engineering strategies and all of these other pathways that our students just would have never thought they could have been ready for, but they are ready. And so focusing on 
getting our students career ready from the very beginning is so important because the the sooner we start that thought process, the better off our students will be. Today we have Dr. Darren Mueller here from Iowa State University. He's a professor who specializes in research on soybean disease, plant pathology, and crop protection. Dr. Mueller, tell us about your role here at Iowa State University. Sure thing. Uh, I actually have a couple of different hats that I wear here at Iowa State University. The first one is I, I have research and extension as an appointment. So that means that I get to go out and do research on mostly corn and soybean diseases. And I, I focus, my lab focuses on uh, the, the most important diseases in Iowa, which would be sudden death syndrome, white mold, uh, things like that. The other hat that I wear is an extension hat, which means that I get to either educate farmers or the ag business in general. Um, but then part of that is sort of the fun part is I get to be the IPM coordinator, integrated pest management coordinator. So I get to uh, work with the people that are in the plant and insect diagnostic clinic. I get to work with people that help run, run and manage our extension farm. And then I get to work with a lot of ex uh, cool uh, communications people that are making the rest of us uh, communicate what we're finding, uh, get out to the relevant audiences. How did you become interested in plant pathology and why did you choose to go into extension as a part of that career? All right, so my path to plant pathology is probably, actually probably pretty typical of a lot of plant pathologists because you don't really hear about plant pathology as you get through high school or maybe even through college. And uh, my dad's a veterinarian. Uh, I was always around, I grew up on a farm at and, and always had animals and stuff around. I have a lot of siblings. I have eight siblings. And so when I turned 13, my dad made sure I was working at the local seed company. So I worked for Dairyland Seed up in Wisconsin, uh, hoeing weeds and then eventually pollinating and, and crossing blocks and things like that. And so once I got into college, I was going to be a vet. It was sort of the, the path that a lot of people take. I was going to follow my dad's footsteps. And then, I don't know, two-thirds of the way through my undergrad, I figured out that I uh, didn't really want to do that and, you know, um, and then sort of went back to the, my, my experiences at the, at the plant breeding company at Dairyland and said, well, you know, plants get sick too uh, and they don't bite and they don't poop and they don't sue you. So I, I sort of took a little bit different shift and I, I got uh, sort of went away from vet and went into uh, plant diseases. So. Yeah, that would be really interesting growing up on a farm uh, surrounded by animals your entire life and having your dad be a vet and then you take a different route. It's got to be something unique for your family. Do you have any other plant pathologists in your family? Actually, I have a, a younger brother that went into plant pathology as well, and I, I have another brother that, that works for Dairyland. So, oh, awesome. Um, none, of us, none of us followed my dad's footsteps. <laughs> he, actually, he probably actually discouraged us to, from, from following them. But, yeah, three of us ended up working in the, the plant disease or plant breeding world. So Really? Um, what are some interesting career paths within your field that if a young student wanted to get interested in, uh, what could they consider? I would say – Plant pathology is, is is a fairly unique discipline, and so I think that you know, as as I'm looking at the kids these days, I'm using air quotes. Uh, I I think that they certainly see plant breeding, or they can see sustainable ag, or you know, sort of feeding the next generations of people, and, and you know, there's there's lots of sort of broad topics out there. One of the one of the foundations, or one of the sort of uh, 
foundational steps for all of those jobs would be the disciplines like plant pathology or entomology or the ones that are the troubleshooting disciplines, I mm -hmm. guess or you, could, you could call it. Because in all of those, they need to, we're, we're there to help sort of explain why something went wrong or why something went right. And so uh, I view plant pathology as sort of always going to be around because uh, as decisions are being made, you know, diseases, new diseases might be coming in or, you know, new, new crops are going to be growing in, in, in new areas or there's a new climate out there that, that challenges farmers. Uh, and all of those things might be affecting the, the plant pathology discipline. So, Yeah, and we see that technology is really making an impact on the ag industry. So how important is technology for your career? I would say technology so so I'll, I'll take a step back and so for anyone that's familiar with plant pathology we have what we call the plant disease triangle which means that you do not get a plant disease unless you have these three components that all sort of come together at the same time and the three components would be a, a pathogen that would cause the disease that a host that is going to be susceptible to getting the disease and then the right environmental conditions and i think that as you look at technology you can you can plug technology into all three of those corners of, of the triangle. So we're, we're improving our technology and um, better discovering or quicker quicker or better, more accurate discovery of the pathogens um, or identifying identifying them through you know, drones and aerial imagery and, and that whole area. Um, we have all kinds of technology getting put put into the crops as, as you look at CRISPR and you look at you know, all of the technologies and, and efforts that are being put into improving the crops. But then you also have uh, you know, technologies on, on the sort of in a broader sense on the environmental side. We're not necessarily changing the environment or changing the climate, but um, you know, farmers are always going to be adjusting planting dates or, or planting widths or uh, new fungicides are going to be coming out or new herbicides to, to manage the weeds. And we always have new things coming and we're always testing them. I think that farmers in general or the farming agriculture community in general is, has to be very innovative to stay one step ahead of everything. And so really, if you take all of that, I mean, I think you can, you can really never be bored with the direction or s some possibilities that are out there as far as a career goes. What is the, the newest piece of technology that you've seen really making an impact on agriculture? I don't know how much of an impact it is, but I would say it's the one that I'm keeping an, a close eye on. It would be the use of UAVs or drones. And, you know, as, as more and more farmers are uh, getting imagery taken of all their fields, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we have the best idea how to use that, it's the, but there's just this exponential growth in that technology right now and you know we're going to end up with some really cool programs and really good uh, processes that are coming out of that that will help farmers make better decisions either on a plant-to-plant -plant basis or a field basis or parts of the field um, you know that that stuff's all being done at some level but i think that the, the incorporating all that aerial imagery and and sort of everything that happens after it all the data crunching that happens after it, i think is going to be really cool if you could give one piece of advice to a student interested in a career in the ag industry, what would it be? I would say don't, don't be narrow-minded about how you define the ag industry. I think that um, you can 
like, you know, me growing up, I know veterinarians are in the ag industry, but, you know, me growing up wanting to be a veterinarian I, and now I'm plugged in on the plant side. I mean, any any challenge that you see in a hospital or in, a, in an emergency room or, you know, uh, really in, in any industry out there, you can probably use that same skill set and, and help somebody grow things if it's animals or plants or whatever it is, better, faster, more environmentally friendly, there's a place for you. So all you have to do is be open-minded and and figure out how you can uh, plug yourself into this really cool system that we have. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the best advice that somebody could give. So Dr. Mueller, thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate you sharing your experiences and expertise. Thank you for the invite. (laughs) 